0: Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, how often you check the Navman website, but navman.com.au is the one place that you should be going to do research on dashcam purchases, accessories, and even if you've got a Navman already and you're thinking about upgrading, there is a path to trade in your old device. Now, if your device needs firmware upgrades, you can always get the updates directly from the website. But what I will tell you is when you go to the products page, you will always see at least, I don't know, a dozen different options that you can be choosing from to make sure you get the right dash cam that suits you. Everybody's different. Everyone drives a different car and everyone also has a different budget. Fortunately, Navman have a dash cam for pretty much any kind of vehicle that does exist on the road, even motorbikes, as well as something that sits in anybody's budget. Now I say anybody because honestly, guys, Driving on the road without a dash cam at the moment just doesn't make sense. I just got home from a pretty interesting day in the city and my oh my, the people that are on the road are getting worse. And if you don't have a dash cam, then they may come off as innocent if they're very good at explaining something or making up an excuse. But if you've got evidence, ladies and gentlemen, nothing beats real world evidence. And that's what dash cam does head to navman.com.au, check out their entire range. And if you've already got one and you think about trading up, use their trading program. Jeff multi in Sydney. Tech expert, Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Welcome. Welcome to Australia's number one technology podcast. As I said at the beginning, uh, I'm your host, Jeff Quattromani. I'll be taking you through the latest tech news and reviews over the week, and there's been actually quite a bit to discuss. And now, as you might be hearing, I sound a little nasally. In fact, I felt really good all day today. And then when I got home, Suddenly, my nose just started to drip. Now, I'm sorry if you're hearing that. I'll try and make this as smooth and simple as possible and even take breaks to blow my nose. Now, as a result, I'm not having an actual drink today. But as we always do on this show, we do normally have something. And I'll tell you what I had on the weekend. I went out to a place called Village Days. This is out near Gladesville, and it is a craft brewing joint. And honestly, guys, I was invited there as part of a birthday bash and I got there with the kids, thinking this would be a nightmare. However, it went really well. They had a kids' play area. They also had a food truck, which served some really good burgers and chips. But their beers are actually really, really good. The Villain IPA is the one I would have opened today. And I'm disappointed that I'm not feeling well enough to do that, because I did buy beer to take home as well. Uh, guys, craft beer in Australia is getting very good. And I am so happy that when I do talk about having a beer on this show, nine times out of ten, it's an Australian beer. We're pretty lucky. Anyway, if you live in the Sydney area, Village Days, this isn't a sponsor. This is no way funded by them. I'm being honest with you. They are very, very good. Um, some of the people I met there, I am told them I need to take them to Rusty Penny um, Rusty Penny Brewing out at a Penrith because I think it's pretty close to similar in that respect. Now, today on the show, we're going to talk about AI in binoculars. We're going to talk about headphones that are okay for your kids. We're also going to talk about what Samsung announced. Now, yes, if you have already read the news, already heard the news, Samsung announced a whole new range of smartphones. We're going to unpack those, but also a ring that they did announce as well. We'll get into those details. So if you don't mind me sounding the way I do, buckle in. Let's start talking about the AI headphones. Now, this was interesting. It came out of CES, but it was kind of a hidden gem that I don't think anyone really noticed until, I don't know, I did. Now, these are called the AX Visio. Now, Binoculars, usually in the creepy category, usually for something to spy on your neighbors or to stalk somebody. I get it. People do that. Uh, Maybe people have done it to me. Maybe people are doing it to you right now while you're listening to this show and they're just watching you with headphones listening to me. They can't hear it. I wish they could. Now, these binoculars are mainly suited for bird watchers. Now, I can tell you when I look outside my window when I'm recording the show or when I'm working, I see birds. I don't think I know what the majority of them are. Uh, I can tell you what a cockatoo is. I can tell you what a kookaburra is. uh, I can tell you what a budgie looks like, or even maybe a rosella. But then rosellas are sometimes confused with lorikeets or something, or parrots, grass parrots. So how do I really know? Well, these binoculars will identify 9,000 types of birds and other wildlife. I don't know what the other wildlife category is, but it's mainly birds. Now, what's cool about these, when you look through them and you start looking at a bird, It will actually overlay on top of the binoculars what kind of bird you're looking at. So it might say emu. I mean, I can tell you what an emu looks like, but this is how bad I am with birds. I can't even think of a bird name that I don't know. That's what these binoculars would do. 9,000 types. I would have thought there were a dozen. Um, Anyway, and I thought they would just add the color in front of it, like brown parrot, green parrot. No, apparently there's real bird names and 9,000 of them. So that's what happens when you look through these. You can also take photo and video of what you're looking at. However, they got a fancy designer in. Ever heard of Mark Newson? Mark Newson is a former Apple designer. He's actually Australian. He's designed a ton of furniture. He's been involved in some interesting stuff. I've heard his name before as it relates to tech. I think a lot of tech companies don't bring him in to just to put his name on things. But when they do that, he must charge a pretty penny because these binoculars are going to cost you 5000 US dollars. I had to double check it was US and it is, that makes it so much worse. So if you really love your birds, but you don't know anything about them, then maybe these are the binoculars for you. But I'm guessing that if you're willing to spend this much money on a pair of bird watching binoculars, maybe just buy a book and that might be much simpler. Now, in other news, Belkin, who I love. uh, I love Belkin for all the accessories that they make as it relates to smartphones. Generally, if I ever need a new charger, if I need a portable battery, uh, and even now, as we start to think about headphones, but primarily around the charging and accessory space, I always recommend Belkin. I think that they're just reliable, they're sexy, and they make really good products. Now, if you have kids who want headphones because, A, they're watching a lot of crap on their computers and they want to be tuned into it, um, you're going on a flight, you're going on a long-haul trip, you know you know why kids need headphones, but you're concerned that your kids are gonna turn the sound up so loud that they're gonna go deaf before they hit puberty. Well, Belkin now have what they call the Sound Form Inspire. This is a new version of a previous model of kids' headphones that they had. Now, the reason that they're kids' headphones, and especially in this instance, is not because they look like kids' headphones. They actually look pretty tame. You know, they do come in some light pastel colors or some whites and things like that. But what actually makes them suitable for kids is that they're sound limited. To 85 decibels now 85 decibels is more than loud enough it's not like your kids will be saying oh dad i can't hear anything this is terrible they'll hear enough but they won't get to a point where they're going to cause damage to their precious eardrums. and at 85 decibels that's much better now these are bluetooth over ear headphones 35 hours of of play time you can do a three and a half mil input for you know laptops or tablets or whatever it maybe doesn't have bluetooth um, and that's a fantastic thing it's also got usb-c for fast charging Um, So guys, I don't know what else to say to you. That's a really good deal. Oh, by the way, $69, could it be cheaper? I don't know, that's pretty damn cheap. Now for those parents out there, or for those who want a boom arm for a microphone, especially if your kids love to game, um, this could be good for parents too. There is another pair available, it is called the Soundform Adapt. Looks very similar, has a different range of colors, but it does have the boom mic, meaning that if they're gaming or if they're a lot on Zoom calls, then that might be more suitable for them. Again, it is also a Bluetooth pair of headphones. It's also got all those bells and whistles. It's got what they call environmental noise cancellation. So it tries to clear up some of the noise, not necessarily going to be noise canceling, obviously, especially at this price of $79. These are available now. If your kids are bugging you for headphones, this is what I would recommend. Exactly that one. Now, before we get into all of the Samsung News. Um, One thing from Samsung News that I will mention before we start talking about their phones is the ring. Now, if you watched the event, I'm sorry, it was quite long, but if you didn't watch the event, there is a ring that was announced, but not really spoken about. Uh, It's a ring. It looks like an Aura ring. If you've ever heard of an Aura ring, it's like a wearable that can do your health metrics, um, steps, sleep measurements, and things like that all in a ring, which is pretty darn cool if you're happy to wear a ring around wherever you go. Now, this one from Samsung is called the Galaxy Ring. They say it's not intended to replace the Galaxy Watch, but rather it will complement it and the rest of the ecosystem. There's not much information beyond that. Um, We don't know about battery life. We don't know about what features it actually has. I think it would hopefully have some sensors built in to do health metrics, but if it's not meant to replace the Galaxy Watch, then I'm guessing obviously it won't do notifications or it won't do um, certain tracking and things like that. But if honestly, if it can count your steps, it can tell you your heart rate and it can tell you how well you sleep, then I think it's actually going to meet a lot of people's needs and would replace people investing six six $699, I think it is, for the Galaxy Watch. So I think it's an exciting one to watch. Uh, Let's wait and see. No one else is doing a ring except for really Aura. Um, So I would like to see a big brand like Samsung actually take this on. I don't see Apple doing it in a hurry. So this would be good to see if Samsung does decide to actually make this product a reality. I think we're getting annoyed or past the teasers, the prototypes, the concept devices, especially after CES where you see so many uh, products that you might get excited about but never actually come to fruition. Uh, So Samsung, if you're going to make a ring, Tell us about it. Give us some detail. What's it actually do? Do we need to save our money? If you're going to get married, is this the ring that you actually get for your wedding day? Probably not, guys. Probably not. Now, let's talk about the latest Galaxy smartphone in a second. All right. Now, if you did wake up at 5 a.m. this morning to watch the Galaxy Unpacked event, None of this is necessarily news to you. However, I will also give my opinion on what was announced. What we do on this podcast isn't just read the news. We also give a little take on the news as well. And Samsung, having unpacked at this time of year, is a normal event. Uh, So we were fully expecting this would be the new Galaxy S24. And we were right. The only surprise was that ring that was mentioned earlier. But that's not coming out anyway. So it's not really real. But the S24 is... Now, what's changed since the S23? Not a lot from a visual perspective. When you look at these devices, you will be confused to assume that it might even be an S23. In some cases, you might think it's even an S22. However, there is some slight noticeable changes, especially in the S24 and S24 Plus. The frame, the bezel looks slightly squarer and a little bit more rounded around the top and bottom corners However, very flat at the top screen area. Beyond that, when you look at them from the back, the, the three cameras in a, in a vertical uh, position, and then when you look at the Ultra with the scatter of cameras in almost two uh, columns, that has not remained unchanged. The actual um, S24 Ultra looks pretty much the exact same to last year's device. Now, there is a range of colors, and even most of the colors match last year's device as well. Now, in saying all of this, we've always been saying, No one actually buys a smartphone every year anymore. So if you are looking at the S24, there's a good chance you're probably sitting on an S20. Um, And if you're sitting on an S20, yeah, maybe it is the right time to be upgrading and you will have a noticeable difference visually. Now, the big difference, however, well, I say big difference, but I don't know, bear with me on this one, guys, because I'm going to be hoping to get your opinion as well. But the big difference is actually in the software. And the reason I say that I'm kind of gonna have to talk about this with you is because i don't know if the software on this device is special to samsung or if it's just cool and i'll I'll explain why there is a number of ai features built into the s24 range so from the s24 base all the way up to the s24 ultra they all get these ai features now This is a big AI push as you would have expected. There was a lot going on as it would relate to being an AI type device. Now, when I say all of this AI stuff, it is on device processing, but it does require an internet connection to do some of the work. And obviously with most of these features, you're also communicating, which means you need your phone to be connected to, um, you know, to 4G, 5G anyway. But let's talk through some of the features that they've got. The first one is something you may have heard of before. It's called Live Translate. That means that if you're having a real-time voice or text conversation, you could be receiving a live translation of that call. Now, the reason I say that you may have heard of this before, about three years ago, Optus, and they still have this, Optus have a translation feature that you can use as part of being an Optus customer. Meaning if you've got a family member who speaks a different language and Optus support it, you can have a translation occur live on the phone call. And, the, and that doesn't matter what phone you've got, it just works. What Samsung is doing here is actually doing translation on device. So when you're making the call and you need to know, obviously, that you're about to be speaking to someone who speaks a different language and you need to know what that language is, you stipulate on the phone app that you need a live translation, maybe Korean to English or Japanese to English. And then when you make that call... And they say "itchy, itchy" or whatever that is, whatever "hello" is in uh, Korean or Japan or another language, then you would actually hear the English translation of it. Now you do hear it with a very slight delay. In fact, you also hear their real response as well as the live translation. But then, when you respond, they will also hear the slight, like lower tone version of the English voice. But they'll actually hear. The translated voice as well so when you say itchy itchy they say itchy itchy everyone agrees um, and that's quite amazing now i've mentioned this before when as it related to when optus did this i love this and i hope it does eventually support more languages because obviously out of the gate they're going to support you know the top five it might be mandarin probably japanese probably korean um and maybe irish because you can never understand what they're saying but I would love it, obviously, being very selfish here, I would love it when they eventually support uh, Maltese, for example. And there's probably a lot of other languages that maybe don't get a lot of attention up front. But I can tell you that, um, you know, based on my experience, my, my grandmother struggles with English. I struggle speaking Maltese. So this kind of tool actually would help us both because, yes, we can have conversations, but you can never have a perfect conversation. And maybe with this translation that still wouldn't be true, But it would probably help and provide a level of comfort to at least have you try harder and go, well, I'm just going to say what I want to say in English, assuming that translation will do the job for me. But this will be built in. And as I said, it will also do text. So if you receive a text from a Japanese restaurant and it's all in hashes and squares and lines, um, you'll actually be able to instantly see that represented to you in English. And again, if you were to respond to that, maybe to confirm the booking and you typed in yes as an English word. Uh, they would actually receive it as their lines and squares that mean yes in Japanese, and I'm not trying to be um, ignorant with my lack of Japanese language, but that's what I've seen. They they, they look like lines and squares and hash, hashes. Anyway, the other one, um, <laughs> the other one as well is Chat Assist. Now, Chat Assist is interesting because it's effectively bringing in an element of Chat GPT onto the device, and what that means is, say for example. I am typing a message to somebody and I don't really know how to say it the right way, but I would like the message to be a little bit more polite because I need to know the difference between talking to a coworker to talking to a mate. So when I say something like, I don't know, do you want to catch up later for a drink? Instead of me saying, want to go to the pub for a piss up, chat assist will actually jump in and say, well, maybe we should word it as, how about after work? We catch up for a meeting over a beverage. I don't know. But that's really what chat assist is going to do. It's going to get involved into your text messages and make you sound like someone you're not. Now, you can use that to help you have conversations over text, but it can't help you when you're in the real world. So when you do get into that face-to-face conversation, you don't have the little chat assist to help you. Now, it might help you you know, talk to women. It might help you through your uh, dating applications and you start to type things in the way you would normally want to say it and get chat assist to spruce it up for you make it sound like it's socially acceptable that might actually help you but again when you do get face to face you're gonna have a little challenge if um you know you don't know how to speak to somebody but i do like the idea i particularly like the idea as it relates more to email because as it relates to email is where you can start to do a long form text and it might actually change it for you to sound a lot more corporate or a lot more social or whatever it would be. So that's kind of fun. You can also get it to do social media captions. So sometimes you might take a picture, you have no idea what kind of caption you should put at the bottom and it will kind of generate one for you, which is really interesting because it would either need to interpret the image or you would need to type something about what you wanted it to be and then the social media caption will actually kick in and it also does include hashtags, which is kind of interesting. The other thing, Note Assist. Now I've seen this from Google before um, and it's interesting that it's coming to uh, Samsung Notes and that basically means that if you are in a meeting and you're taking notes on your device um, after you've taken pages of notes, especially if you're in a class or something like that, it will actually generate a summary based on all of the notes that you've taken. That's kind of handy. There are pre-made formats that you can type into different templates so you can try and do proper note taking whether it's for a meeting or whether it's for a class um, or if you're doing a voice recording because sometimes you just turn your phone to record when you're in a lecture or something like that, it will actually transcribe it um, using speech to text but also help you track who said what. because. When you have normal transcription, it doesn't tell you person A, person B. It just says all of it as one person. So uh, Transcript Assist is also there. But again, both of those features, Google announced about three months ago to be released on Pixel devices. So it's worth noting all of this. Um, That's why as I'm going through some of these features, there's none so far that I've kind of gone, oh my gosh, that is why you would buy an S24 for that particular AI feature because Google or other third parties have already done it. Now, the other one that I think is very impressive is called Circle to Search. Circle to Search was announced not by Samsung, a Samsung person during the Samsung event. It was announced by Sundar Pichai, who is from Google, and he took the stage and announced Circle to Search. Circle to Search is like Google Lens. If you've ever used Google Lens, you can effectively take your camera out, open up Google Lens, put it in front of a pair of shoes, and then it will do a Google search based on what it's looking at, and it will show you potentially where to buy them. Or you point it to a dog, it'll tell you what breed it is, you point it to a flower, it tells you what flower it is, and so on and so forth. With circle to search, you could be on anywhere on your phone. You're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, and suddenly you see something, oh my gosh, that guy's watch is amazing. I wonder what it is, I wonder how much it costs. Well, literally, you press a button on the phone, you draw a circle around the watch that appears on your screen, and then effectively, it does a reverse image lookup on Google to hopefully show you the product and allow you to either buy it, find out more information about it, and so on. So yes, that's handy. Now, I'll tell you another reason why that's handy and why I would have liked this. The other day, I'm watching the Beckham documentary on Netflix, really kind of liked it. And at the on the very last episode, he's barbecuing in this tent. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. He's barbecuing in this tent and it's like a te- teppanyaki-style barbecue. People are sitting around it, but a small hot plate with a chimney. They're like, oh my God, I want one of those things, but I bet it's expensive. What do I do? I go into Google, I type in like Beckham barbecue from documentary and I found it still very quickly, but with circle to search or something like that, I could have literally pulled my phone out or I could have probably used Google Lens. I could have probably pulled my phone out and just draw a circle around what the camera was seeing and it would have probably done a reverse lookup on the actual barbecue using Google Images. So yes, Circle Research Search is going to be great, but it's a Google product. So guess what? It's going to be on every Android device in the near future anyway. So I don't know about that one. I mean, you wouldn't buy a Galaxy S24 because of Circle Research, Search, given it's a Google product. It'll probably be on every Google phone, which is plenty of other brands. So with all that said, I haven't mentioned anything about the cameras because guess what? They didn't make such a big deal about the cameras. They do have um, object removal. They do have Um, different scene changes and things like that. So there are nitography capabilities. There are edit suggestions. Um, One example is if you've got a photo of two people next to each other, but one is kind of being a little bit distorted because there's a shadow on their face. Um, Edit suggestions will actually ask you if you want to remove the shadow. Um, And same thing as you're doing, um, what do they call it? Generative edit. Then it will actually help you fill parts of a background image using Gen AI. Um, If it's crooked, AI will help you fill in the borders. Some pretty interesting stuff. But again, this isn't necessarily something so groundbreaking as it relates to stuff we've already seen before on, say, a Google Pixel device. And I don't mean to keep saying the Pixel device, but there's so much of this AI tech that's already been deployed. And I just want you to be fully aware of what's available before you go and lay your money down. Now, what is particularly interesting is this. Anytime, this is me reading from the statement, anytime Galaxy S24 deploys generative AI to amplify an image, a watermark will appear on the image and in the metadata. Now, I am fully supportive of the metadata having some sort of note or notification that it was AI modified, generated, or similar. But a watermark is, I guarantee, going to be Samsung branded, and it's going to look terrible on any photo. Now you may have only used Gen AI to slightly modify a photo that wouldn't actually have a problematic impact. So I don't want a watermark based on that. Now I'll give you an example. Um, We went to Nobu. My my wife and I went to Nobu during the Christmas break and uh, she took a photo of me and we had the food in front of us and things like that. What I had left on, my, on the table next to me, which I hate doing, but it did happen, my phone. My phone was next to my plate. What I did is I went into the Google Photos and I drew a circle around my phone, which was sitting on the table, and suddenly it was like it was never there. The table was, looked like a normal table. The dish was there. The food and things were there. Now, if I shared that photo on social media, I don't need there to be an, a watermark to say this photo was modified with generative AI because Who cares? Who cares if I removed the phone out of the photo? Um, or who cares if I removed people out of the background? It doesn't change what actually happened in that photo, which is me sitting at Nobu having a nice meal. So I do think that generative AI has its pros and doesn't need to be floundered in the same way that if I was making it making appear like Donald Trump was sitting next to me at Nobu, because, hey, that would be stretching the truth. And that's where you're effectively lying. So I just think that, As it relates to watermarking photos, I don't really want Samsung getting in the way of all the photos that I touch up or modify because that would just get really, really annoying. You end up using generative AI to remove the watermark and that would be even more just troublesome. One other thing that they have added to the camera that I kind of like and was disappointed only on the weekend to notice this. Now, I'll tell you the story first and I'll tell you how Samsung is actually fixing it. So on the weekend, my neighbor has put up a nice big flagpole and he's flying a nice big Australian flag. And honestly, I love it. I love looking outside when I'm in the the yard and I look over and there's this big, beautiful flag waving away in the wind. I went to take a video of it because in my head, I was like, that's so nice. I want to take a video of it and then share it on social media in slow-mo. Now, I didn't film it in slow-mo. I thought I could just go into edit and change the um, the frame rate or the speed to make it slow motion. You can't, you can't on a Google pixel device. You need to download a third party app to take a video from normal to slow-mo. If I hadn't, if I had just filmed it in slow motion up front, no problem. Now what Samsung has added is a feature called instant slow-mo that can generate additional frames based on movements to smoothly slow down action-packed moments for a more detailed look. That's the feature that I needed on my Pixel device uh, on the weekend. So is that a reason to buy a Galaxy S24? Not yet, but it, is, it would have been really handy to know that that existed. Also, it would have just been good of me to remember that the, Gal- that the Pixel doesn't have slow-mo in the edit mode. You have to shoot it up front, which I could have done. Anyway, beyond that, screen sizes remained relatively unchanged. Features on the inside, let me be very quick with you. The Ultra... Has all the bells and whistles 12 megapixel camera 200 megapixel camera 50 megapixel telephoto with a five times optical zoom a 10 megapixel camera with a three times optical zoom and a single front-facing camera it comes in a base model of 256 gig of storage up to one terabyte which is massive the battery is 5000 milliamp hour again relatively unchanged in so many respects it does have wi-fi 7 so if you've got a wi-fi 7 network at home it will make the most use of that as well Uh, 5g as you'd expect wireless charging um, blah, blah, blah. power adapter not included in the box sold separately as has become the trend the galaxy s24 and s24 plus you're looking at a 6.2 inch screen versus 6.7 um, same sort of screen but on the back you don't have the 200 megapixel camera you've got a 12 megapixel ultra wide a 50 megapixel wide 10 megapixel telephoto with three times optical zoom and the 12 megapixel front-facing camera Now, what the big difference is there between the S24, S24 Plus against the Ultra is the fact that the Ultra is the only one with a five times optical zoom, which means you need to spend the big bucks to get a decent kind of zoom on the camera, which I think is disappointing for anyone who buys the S24 or S24 Plus because that's where the affordable ones are. Now, the difference here on the S24, eight gig of RAM with a base model of 250 gig of storage. If you buy the S24 Plus, however, you get 12 gigs of RAM even at the 256 gig base storage, which is interesting. You get a little bit more battery in the S24 Plus compared to the S24, yada, yada, yada. They're pretty nice devices. Now, both of those two devices that I mentioned have Wi-Fi 6E, so if you've invested in Wi-Fi 7 at home, do not go and get those devices because it will only run as fast as it can and not the full capability of your network. Now, pricing. Let's talk about some pricing because I mentioned price before. They have gone up slightly against the last year's model. S twenty four base model, two fifty six gig of storage, thirteen comes in black, grey, violet, yellow, sapphire blue, jade green, or even orange. S twenty four plus starts at sixteen S twenty four ultra cracks the two thousand dollar mark at two thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Also available as titanium. Wonder where they got that from. Hi Apple. Now the fact that it's a two thousand dollar device when it's got that five megapixel, uh, five times optical zoom, obviously makes me point back to Google again. Because as we're talking about devices that specialize in AI and devices that have very good cameras, the only two that can do both of those things is the S24 and the Google Pixel. Now, Apple is the elephant in the room here because Apple, yes, they have good cameras, but they have no fancy camera technology like we've been talking about with object removal and so on. And they also have no AI, series of dope, but the Google Pixel 8 starts at 1199, whereas the, and the Pro with that five times optical zoom has a 1699 price point. Now I need to be fair because at base level storage, the Pixel 8 Pro at 256 gig to match the S24 is a 1799 device. Okay, you're following with me? So at 17.99 is where you're going to get like for like on a storage basis, which puts you out of contention of the S24 and S24 Plus, but well below the S24 Ultra. So my advice is this. If you're looking to get an inexpensive but fantastic smartphone and you're wedded to Samsung, I think the S24 is a fine option. It's going to have all the same AI features. Yes, it loses that optical zoom. However, the Google Pixel range starting at 11 must be compelling for anybody given it will have all of the AI options and the camera features, but if you want that five times optical zoom like you've got in the Ultra, then only spend $16.99 or $17.99 to get the Pixel 8 Pro. This is an interesting factor for me because most of the features that Samsung was doing so well at and announced so well were actually things that could easily be found on other devices or services. So if you're wedded to the AI, then honestly, guys, I think the AI powerhouse at this point is going to be Google or Microsoft. But unfortunately, Microsoft don't make phones anymore. But that's where I would be. If Samsung is going to rely on Google so heavily for AI, then Samsung may find themselves in an uphill battle. Because what is their real point of difference? If it's the design of the phone, fine. But maybe it should be updated a little bit more. But what is going to be their compelling reason to make you spend more money for the same software if it's not the camera? So I think Samsung has this challenge that they need to work with. However, the one thing that has been made very clear as part of pre-launch offers is that if you're buying your phone from Samsung, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman, my gosh, they're willing to throw the kitchen sink at you to make a purchase. Now, to give you an example, Optus... If you want to get the S24, you will get a bonus Galaxy Watch 6, valued at $699. You'll get the Buds 2 Pro, valued at $349. That's worth $1,048 free, just by buying and signing up to use the S24 on the Optus network. Same thing with Vodafone. They're doing trade-in bonuses. You get $200 off immediately on the S24. Just, boom, trade-in bonus plus an extra $200 off. If you're with Telstra, you get a bonus Tab S9, which is a tablet. All you have to do is buy an S24. So the tablet's worth $949, and then that's it. Here you go. Have a tablet with the purchase of your S24. So the S24, let me be clear. Let me go back a step. The S24 was, goodness gracious, the S24 is a 1399 device. You're gonna spend 1399 with Telstra. They're gonna give you a $1,000 tablet. They're also going to give you $20 off the premium plan for 12 months. So the savings that you're about to get effectively almost just paid off the device. You got the tablet for free and you got, I don't know, what's that? $240 in discounts on the plan. So you do need to shop around. If you are actually planning on S24, you do need to look at all of the pre-order offers. They are only valid between now and the 6th of February. If, it's, if you listen to this after the 6th of February, you've missed out on any of those. But Samsung's doing it. Samsung's doing a free memory upgrade, bonus trade-ins, $150 e-voucher, uh, Samsung Care, 50% off the second year of Samsung Care, and 5% discount on all of the Samsung Shop um, app purchases as well. It's insane. So yes, please shop around because if you pay full price for a Samsung and get no bonuses, well, bad luck to you, I guess. So what are your thoughts? Did Samsung knock it out of the park? Are you impressed? Or does this just put a nice extra bit of pressure on Apple? Come September, after Google and Samsung are talking about AI on their device like crazy, and hey, Google's probably going to have another device out by September as well. What on earth has Apple got up its sleeve to match and compete in this area? Are they seriously going to bring out another phone that looks the same, has the same cameras or slightly upgraded, and has a Siri that can't do nothing? Or are they going to unveil what could be, because they've got the money, what could be the craziest AI on a smartphone? Could they do it? Will they do it? What is going to be their point of difference to take the fight to Samsung and Google? Because at the moment, things are looking pretty shaky on the apple tree. You've listened to Technology Uncorked. I'm off to blow my nose. Bye-bye.